Welcome to another episode of Shred's Takes. Glad to have you guys on with us. You know, obviously it's been crazy times within America right now. And, you know, obviously it's been, it's something that definitely needs to bring our country together and help people become more educated on what's going on in order to make America the place that's supposed to be rather than a place that only favors one certain group over another. But I thought today would be a great time to talk about just some lighter, fun topics to bring some more joy back in some people's lives revolving around sports um, and take some of the day off of just not focusing so much on, you know, maybe the negativity that's been going around, even though that's obviously incredibly important, takes more precedence. You know, just bringing some light within sports, I think it always just brings some positivity to someone's day. So anyway, I, I was going to talk about a few things within the MLB talking about the resounding pay cuts. And while the player association, the MLB completely rejects the plan, I'm going to go into why I think that was an actually a good idea by the players association to do that within the NBA. I wanted to comment on what I think about the 22 teams system that they're thinking about implementing July 31st in Orlando. And something that Adam Silver also proposed that the older coaches should maybe be on the bench or if they shouldn't be due to the whole coronavirus situation. And in the NFL, I basically want to talk about two things, really. Uh, Luke Cleekley becoming the pro scout coach on the Carolina Panthers and Jason Stidham actually throwing with players the other day um, to prepare for the, the season. So I guess I'll start right now with the player association within the MLB. So for those who, who have read it, basically how the MLB is, is making the issue done based on the fact that how the MLB can go is they're dramatically reducing the games, I think, less than the 114 plan, I think, that the ML Player Association wants. And what they're doing is they're having the, the teams pay the players and coaches on a per-game basis. So the reason why that was problematic for the MLB Players Association was because it's basically saying if you're playing 25% less games, you're getting 25% less pay than you normally would which I actually understand why they're pissed off about that and why they're why they believe they deserve the right pay. Because again, they didn't expect this coronavirus situation. They should be paid the money that they were supposed to be paid this year, regardless of the games, because you know, there are guys in the MLB who miss games and they still get paid their money. Right. So why can't they get paid for this situation? And, you know, just from reading it, you know, if you play 114 games, which is, I think, reasonable, you pay them the money they deserve. Or if you only play 60 games, you still pay them the money that you said that you were going to pay them this year. You don't pay them 25% less because you're playing or 30% less because you're playing 30% less games or something like that. Right. Just that, that for me, that makes no sense. And I think it's, it's on the player association to continue to fight this, this stance for the league because MLB players, again, they make a lot of money. Their salaries are really good. And I get that. So like 25% is still going to be a lot of money, but it's not what they agreed to, right? It was sports. It's all about what you agreed to. Correct. So 
that's where I kind of stand with that because these players signed a deal to say, I'm getting paid this amount of money this year, not 25% less than that, whatever, not 50% less. I'm getting paid the amount I deserve. Right. And I think that's important. I think that's, that's critical. And the fact that they, the players association rejected the plan shows the power of the players and their willingness to fight for what they believe is actually fair and true to, the, to their, their games and to their livelihoods. Again, sports for them is their job, their livelihood. They, they deserve the money they should be paid. And I think that's honestly the importance when it comes to this kind of stuff because, look, I'm not as big of a baseball guy as some other people that you might see. But the one thing I did get from doing the research is how connected the players are to each other and how they are willing to challenge the league for their rights and their, the fairness of pay. Which is, I think, again, it's critical, right? Transferring over to the NFL, some things I read about were Luke Cleekley, you know, the recent retired 29-year-old, unbelievable linebacker within the Carolina Panthers, was finding ways that he could stay involved with the Carolina Panthers, or even just with the NFL in general, right? Because he retired, he doesn't want to go back into football because of all the concussions he said he's had over the years. And I don't blame him for that because football is a very violent game. There's a lot of concussions and head injuries and head problems that occur from the game. It's a great sport. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of health issues with it. And so what he decided to do was go to be a pro scout within the team. I think that's great for him. He's going to really help the team in that because what he, what people don't realize about what he did is he was a defensive player of the year. He was first team all defense, bunch of years within his NFL there. And he was one of the best middle linebackers in the league. He was a, you know, pro bowler and everything, right? Great player. His knowledge bringing to those younger linebackers, even the veteran linebackers, is going to be astronomical that people will not understand how much this benefits the Carolina Panthers, having him as a pro scout. He will be able to explain to the players exactly what is going on because he played against those players. And also, he was good enough to read these plays that he will give it that knowledge to the linebackers they have now and that will just make them better because having a guy, it's like having Peyton Manning as a coach for your team, right? Obviously this guy is not nearly as knowledgeable as Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning played longer and, you know, whatever, but especially on defense, having a guy who's a, who's an elite level guy and smart and understands the game, having him as a pro scout will just allow your scouts to be more effective, help the players understand what they need to do going forward in order to establish a network for how to defend against a certain team. And also just like what kind of systems the offense can be running and what kind of different, you know, audibles are they going to run within their offense and how are their players going to run certain rounds, whether what's their action going to look like within the running game, et cetera, because that's always what it's going to come down to within scouts. When you're a middle linebacker, you got to be able to orchestrate what's going on. You got to be able to communicate. Right. And he was, and he was a middle linebacker, but it's not just the middle linebacker. That's that, that's the important piece here. It's the other linebackers. It's the whole defense. The fact that he's a pro scout is going to help them understand, okay, here's what the team's running. Here's how I would defend it. Here's how we want to defend it. Here's what they might change or audible based on what we're doing. And here's how you adjust to those audibles, right? Having a guy that's experienced enough and really good when he was in the NFL is going to help them. Again, it's like having like a Peyton Manning or Tom Brady on your team. That, you know, because they're like, even when they were playing, they're like coaches too. They know how to adjust them their ways also. So having a really good linebacker who really understood the game really smart player having him also doing this way is going to really benefit 
the Carolina Panthers in a way that I think few people probably don't get because maybe people just don't understand Luke Kuechly as much, but he was brilliant and also just a great football player. Another topic within the NFL that I wanted to speak about was the Patriots quarterback, Jason Stidham, started throwing with players the other day. I think, again, as long as it's healthy and you're, you know, you're doing the right things in terms of hygiene to keep yourself healthy during this virus, I think it's great for the Patriots that he's doing that because, again, he's a quarterback that has not thrown a lot of snaps, so he's thrown a lot of balls in the NFL, right, because Tom Brady was, was having that position for him. And he's going to come in, and Belichick's going to probably expect a lot of them, and Belichick's going to try to develop him to be that next Brady. And I think for him, getting this chance to throw at players now is going to help him because he's going to be able to look at this and say, okay, I'm building chemistry right away. I'm seeing how these guys want to run things. And, yeah, he's just casually throwing around balls with his teammates. But that develops chemistry. People don't get that all the time when you're when – you, especially because when you're a quarterback – you need to develop chemistry with receivers really quickly because if you're a new quarterback, especially because you need to build their trust. You have to know what they're going to do, how they're going to change their routes based on how the defense is covering them, how you're going to be able to read the defenses and, and pinpoint great passes within the receivers. So they feel that they're wanted and they feel like they're getting their touches, right? Cause if you have a good, if you have good receivers on your team, the Patriots don't necessarily have great receivers on their team, but if you have good receivers on your team, that really is important because those guys want touches. But even guys who are maybe not as highly rated, like the guys in the Patriots, for example, you got to still be able to build that trust and understand that these guys still need their touches because in order to win, you got to be able to throw the football effectively and understand your receivers, right? And the reason why a guy like Pat Mahomes is so effective is because he built that chemistry with Travis Kelsey, with Tyreek Hill, with Sammy Watkins, right? He built that trust because – He's number one, arguably one of the more talented quarterbacks we've ever seen get in the NFL. But number two, he worked on it, right? He worked on building that trust. He was behind Alex Smith for his first year and a half, right? And I think that really helped him because he realized, how am I going to develop chemistry? For Stidham, this is perfect for him too because he was behind Brady, right? So he can say, how am I going to develop this chemistry? How am I going to get my receivers in the position to get better, right? And I think he's excited. That's exciting for Patriots fans. And the fact that he's throwing with these receivers right now, as long as they're keeping track of being healthy and everything like that, because that is going to help the team build more chemistry between the, in its passing game. And as a result, people are going to be happy and willing to play for Jason Sim because he's trying to get better. He's trying to build that chemistry. So as a Patriots fan, that's exciting news. You know, maybe that means that he's going to have a better year now because he's getting ahead of the curve of a lot of, other quarterbacks right I think that's that's great especially for a guy who's inexperienced that's great for him and Belichick's also going to take him to a new level too so having that happen is going to obviously be really important as well as the development between Belichick and Stidham but the fact that he's trying to build chemistry now without the coach there is equally important in my opinion and I think the lastly the thing I just want to talk about too is just the NBA you know deciding to go with a 22-team system. So basically having 13 teams from the Western Conference, so 1 through 13, and then the nine teams from the Eastern Conference. And there are a couple questions within that I wanted to obviously go over. So the first one was saying, should the other eight teams feel, should we feel bad for them not being in this picture or whatever? And Stephen A. obviously said something that was pretty funny, but I actually agree with his point in a sense that he said that, you know, you shouldn't really feel bad for those teams being in. In a sense, like, yeah, they don't really deserve – 
this opportunity right now. And I, and I, I believe that wholeheartedly because they had 80% of the season, 80% of the season where they were just not playing up to their standards. They were not going to make the playoffs. They were not even close to being in the playoffs. So why were they deserving of, you know, the chance to play again? They, 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 weren't, they aren't. You're saying a team of like the Cleveland Cavaliers should be playing more games and not making the playoffs. They don't have a chance. Like the Wizards, for example, have maybe a chance. I, I arguably don't think the Wizards really should have been in the picture. But because there's like six, five and a half, six games out of ABA spot. But the NBA would like to go with, with that. Uh, just because the Wizards, for example, just are, they're 24 and 40. I mean, they're not a good basketball team. Uh, Bradley Beal, unbelievable player. He should be wanting to get out of Washington. But I think that's just the important piece that people miss is that if you're six games out, you shouldn't really be like, you know, if you're like, you know, that kind of stuff in the East, especially your record so bad. I'm not sure you're a playoff team, right? You're going to get swept in the first round. Especially whoever plays the Bucks in the first round. Yeah, they're, they're going to probably lose in four games, to be honest. Um, but I think that this 22-team system is good. I preferred if it was one through 16, just because I think that you want to have the 16 best teams in the playoffs. But the reason why this 22-team system is good is because in the Western Conference, you don't necessarily know who the AC is going to be. And there are a lot of dangerous teams like the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, the Grizzlies, the Spurs, the Kings. So those teams have a chance now to fight for that AC. And I personally think Portland, if they got the AC, would be the biggest challenge of the AC to any of the teams out there because they possess an offensive firepower that's unbelievable. But they're also getting Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic back which when those guys were healthy, they were a top four team in the West, right? Arguably top three. And obviously the teams have changed since then, right? So they're not necessarily the same, but bringing those guys back, you know, there was one thing I saw, they were their 21st in rebounding percentage. And with those guys in the lineup, they're first. So that's going to really help their defense. And also I think they're, they were fifth in overall record when these guys were back. And right now I think they're 19th. So they're 29 and 37 or something like that in the league. So I guess when I look at this overall, I'm just thinking to myself, well, Portland might, has a great shot now to make it far because Portland's, I think, the one team in the, from a talent standpoint that could challenge the Lakers. Will they beat the Lakers? I, I don't think so. But they could give them a challenge because they have the talent to do it, right? They could maybe push the Lakers to five or six games. Um, the Grizzlies – if the Lakers come out ready to play, I, I, I don't see them maybe winning, pushing to five, maybe. Pelicans kind of seem to because Pelicans just don't really play defense. Um, even though Lonzo and Drew play defense, they allow a lot of points to hold because Zion's just not a great defender. He's a good shot blocker, but he's not a great overall on-ball defender. Um, you know, he's not super quick, quick laterally compared to a lot of the guys he's covering. So, because also, or he's undersized compared to the power forwards that he's going to be guarding. And he's just not a great defender yet. I think he will be because I think he just needs to get in a little bit better shape. But, I mean, the Pelicans are just too young, I think, to be able to challenge. But the reason why I'm talking about this is because within the 22-team system, the, whoever's the eighth seed is going to play the Lakers. And I think the Lakers are going to be better, actually, after this period of time because I think the Lakers were hitting their stride, yes, and people are going to say they were, they're going to be worse because, you know, they didn't hit the stride. They're going to be better because – you have fully rested LeBron James coming back. He was motivated and ready to go. Like he was rested before, but now he's fully rested. He's been working hard. 
yeah, he's going to come in and probably have that motivation mode that we've seen before. And uh, there's not many players I want to see when they're like fully motivated, like LeBron. When LeBron's motivated and ready to go, there's nothing really you can do as a player. So I think that's obviously really important to go over. And I think the fact of like the 22 team system, yeah, again, it just gives the teams in the Western Conference a better chance. In the East, I don't see Washington getting the AFC, but they could, right? Because Bradley Beal could score a lot of points, but they're just not very good. Um, but I think that overall, the 22 team system in July and playing Orlando, great. And, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get a good season again. Because obviously for me, I want to be reporting on NBA games I watch, right? So that's kind of the big deal with all this kind of stuff. And, you know, obviously I think also the 22 teams, and the last thing I want to talk about is a couple of teams I think are going to be, who are going to be better, worse, or the same. And I think the Clippers, for example, are going to be the same. The Clippers are going to be – I think the Clippers are very good. I think they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. I think they're a title contender. But I think that, you know, they're going to be in the same situation. You know, they're going to be a team that is working through chemistry issues, is still going to win a lot of games because they have a lot of talent and everything like that. And then, you know, when they get to the playoffs, they'll be better, right, because they'll hopefully develop. I'm saying those first, the first time they come out, they're not going to be – they're going to be the same as they were right now. They're going to be a team that's very good you know, but has some chemistry problems because a lot of the guys haven't played together. Paul George and Kawhi haven't played a ton of games together. So that's just something I'm looking at with that. Houston Rockets, I do believe, will be better because the Houston Rockets are gonna, were in a bit of a slump and they were just, just in a small ball. So I think that having the Rockets come back after this time will hopefully build chemistry with them. And also, look, Westbrook is having one of his best seasons. And, you know, Harden, yeah, he's, he's been in a slump, but it was good for Harden, I think, to get this break because maybe he gets his mind fresh, gets everything ready to go. Do I believe they're going to go out now and win the Western Conference championship? No, they're not going to win it, but they're going to be better than they were. And Portland's a team I think is going to be better because they got the, the upgrades. I think that the Grizzlies are going to be the same. The Pelicans are probably going to be the same. The Mavericks, same. The Nuggets are probably going to be the same. And... You know, in the East, you know, the Bucks are probably going to be a little better because um, a guy like Giannis doesn't necessarily need to practice his three-point shot all the time. That's not what he relies on, right? And I think during this time, like, that's kind of, like, hard for people to get shots at. But Giannis, you know, it's, it, again, I think it's going to come down to the playoffs for him. But the Bucks are – the Bucks should be a very high favorite just because I think before the period of time they were the favorite because of what they were doing. But right now, I actually have the Lakers in the favor because I think LeBron's going to just be way more motivated and more rested than everyone else. Because the thing that people don't realize with the Bucs is the Bucs were playing Chris Middleton and Giannis 30 to 31 minutes a game. So they were really rested all the time. And now the fact that LeBron and AD are rested or Kawhi and Paul George are rested, that's going to be a lot harder for them to win the NBA championship than I think people believed at first. Because the people who are big Bucs fans and components of the Bucs winning the championship need to look at that in a, in a broader picture and say, well, how's this really helping your team? Like, how are the other teams looking now after this? And I think overall with this whole 22-team system, I think it's a good system. I preferred one through 16, but the reason I think it's good for the West is because it gives teams like the Pelicans and Trailblazers a team, chance to get back into the playoffs. Even though I personally think that if your record is what it is, you should have just, like, had no chance to get back. But, you know, having the Trailblazers have a chance – because if they're so talented, why not? And, yeah, I mean, I think it would just be a very interesting development when July 31st hits around, and I, I can't wait for it. So, again, I'll be having another podcast episode, hopefully Sunday or Monday. 
Um, and then I'm, I'm probably just gonna have like a special podcast episode coming up soon to talk about the whole, the whole thing that's going on in the world right now with some of my teammates. So and in relation to sports. So I hope that you guys continue to keep updated. Now we're on Apple Podcasts now, so definitely keep an update. But I really appreciate you guys listening. And again, have a good day. Stay happy and stay strong, everyone. Thank you.